Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did. Welcome to Overnight America with Ryan Recker on KMOX. Sponsored by Michael's Flooring, the flooring experts, michaelsflooringoutlet.com. And Overnight America continues. Here we are. Welcome back. I wanted to bring this up just real quick to start the hour as Craig is holding on. Maybe put some perspective because I've heard stories about kids getting vaccinations at schools, but mostly it's the uh, older generations that remember it. The younger do not. Uh, Craig, how are you? Doing good. How are you? Good. Uh, let me ask first. Can I ask how old you are? 73. Okay. So you went to school some years ago. Mm-hmm. Did you get vaccines in school? Absolutely. Well, the polio vaccine. Um, I believe I, I went to school in South City at public school, and I believe I was in the fourth grade. It was the first year that the soft vaccine came out. Mm-hmm. That was scary times. I remember as a kid before the soft vaccine was out, um, it seemed to hit in the summer, <clears throat> and the city would close down swimming pools for the, because of the outbreak. Mm-hmm. We would be afraid to go swimming. We'd be afraid to go to summer camps where we're going to make it through the summer without getting polio. Mm-hmm. And what they did was uh, when the day they gave the shots, they would line up each room of kids in the hallway. And then they'd, when it was our turn, walk down the hallway to an empty room and the school nurse was there. We'd be toe-to-toe in this line, every one of us getting a shot. Yeah. And like most kids, I hated getting shots, but I, was, I said to myself even back then, like, this is a godsend. I'm going to be able to have a summer where I'm not afraid of anything. <laughs> Wow, sounds very similar to what we're hearing right now. Have a summer not being afraid of it. Now, you said you're 74? 73. Oh, 73. Okay, because I was going back. The only person I really know that had polio was Mitch McConnell. You don't really hear too many people otherwise uh, that went through that before. And it, I didn't realize it was that scary of a thing that all the kids were just deathly afraid of contracting it. Well, I wouldn't say we were deathly afraid, but it was always in the back of our mind. And we were wondering, you know, if we could go to summer camp, should we go? What is the risk worth it? That type of thing. It it was, yeah, it was scary. (laughs) How often did you get it? Did you get it more than once or was it just one dose? Um, If I remember right, we got three doses. The first two were injections. And then they came out with the little sugar cube thing you could yeah. You could eat. And that changed everything, the sugar cube. That was a lot easier. Yeah. And then I think after that, it was up to the individuals to get to their own doctor whenever they felt you needed a booster. Yeah, so they got that out there as fast as possible. So with that, um, what do you think about today's schooling? Do you think they should just administer these things in the schools? It'd probably be one of the most efficient ways is to get it to the to the children yeah, but I have a feeling in this, in today's 
political and legal situation, it probably wouldn't fly. <laughs> Not even close. Well, I guess you could bring the parent there. It'd be like a parent-teacher conference where they just give you the shot or whatever. And get the parents uh, vaccinated while you're at it. Just, while you know, everyone, get the whole family, bring them out. It's like a fun day trip. Uh, okay, well, that puts some good context. Was that the only thing that you can remember getting that, that vaccination, the polio vaccine? Or can you remember anything else where the nurses would come out and do something like that? They didn't in the St. Louis public school system. That's the only vaccinations they did. They didn't do yeah. like the mumps and measles. Well, I don't know if they had the mumps and measles then, but yeah. The um, yeah. If you remember the old, well, I don't remember. We, all us old people had that big circle on a up, up on the top of our arm near the sh- shoulder for another vaccination, but that was not done at the schools. That that was between you and your doctor to do that. I see. Okay. All makes sense. Well, Craig, thank you for sharing that. I appreciate it. Okay, take care. Yeah, the old uh, sugar cubes. You don't hear too many people saying, man, I miss those uh, old polio sugar cubes. Man, I used to take a handful of those things. Mm, so good. Eat them like M&Ms. Well, not quite. Yeah, I think that was the one that Rush Limbaugh was talking about, the sugar cubes that seemed to work pretty well. And you don't hear too many people. I, I don't think I've ever met anyone that contracted polio. And the only person that I at least know their name that contracted it was Mitch McConnell, who, if you see Mitch McConnell today, um, you may not even have realized it. But the more you know and then you see it, you realize that there are, you know, physical repercussions um, still to this day uh, based on contracting that when he was a kid. But it also goes to show you that you're able to beat certain things, overcome, and then triumph. 314-436-7900. You can give us a call if you like. Uh, Veronica's calling in. Hey, Veronica. Yes. How are you You tonight? remember getting these things? We did. I'm 74. And uh, we were in a small town, though, here in Illinois. And we got um, at least three polio shots, as the man before me just said. We also had a dentist who came to school, and each year they would check all of our teeth, and then we also had an eye doctor, and it was just automatic. I think they still do the dentist and eye doctor, but very limited. I I don't think they do work or anything like that, but they do still bring them in, and then, like our son who's in kindergarten gets a little report if he passed or not you know, the eye and mm-hmm. the dental. And they just basically give the kids a little, you know, kid toothbrush or whatever. And, you know, just make sure you brush your teeth twice a day and see you later. Mm-hmm. I can't imagine my kids the- lining up to get a vaccine while he's at school, though. I don't know if he'd be able to <laughs> handle it. <laughs> it seems like, too, we did have one other. And, and I know the polio, I believe now, the polio didn't come out. Um, the first round he did... It failed. It mm. was um, not right. And so then they developed it again and had us all hyped up um, that we were going to get it a second time. And then finally, uh, they they did that. And it was it was the one that worked. But in the beginning, yeah. it didn't, I think. I think my memory serves me with that. Yeah. Do you remember if the um, the nurses were good at what they did or did they have a shaky hand and you remember it hurting? 
Uh, I was terrified of needle soap. If it didn't hurt, it would have in my mind, I'm sure. But no, yeah. our nurse our nurse was really good. And then they sent nurses from uh, the local hospital or several doctor's offices. We had a fantastic pediatrician in, in our town at the time. And uh, sometimes their nurses would come and do those things for us. And I, I, I just know it would have hurt me, but I'm sure it wasn't that bad. Yeah, they just have a lineup of kids one after another. Boom, right. boom, boom, boom. It was more speed exactly. than accuracy. That's what I was wondering. All right, Veronica, right. thank you. I appreciate that. Yeah. Have a good night. Yeah, school vaccine. So many people remember it. We'll take some more of your calls right after the break. 314-436-7900. Stay right there. It's Overnight America KMOX. Now back to Overnight America on KMOX. Sponsored by Michael's Flooring, the flooring experts. Michael'sFlooringOutlet.com. In Overnight America, it's uh, Sunday night into Monday morning. This is how we start the week. Talking about polio and vaccines and whatnot. Uh, let's go to Marilyn, who's holding on. Welcome to Overnight America. Hey, hi, Ryan. It's Marilyn over in Belleville. And Good to hear um, from you. I am a pol- I'm a polio survivor. Oh, how about that? What's the story? How did, uh, uh, what happened? Um, I'm 77, and uh, I was uh, three and a half years old living in Centralia, Illinois, which is about 40 miles here from Belleville, and there was an epidemic. It was a coal mining town, and I was the 34th case in that Wow, wow. And I was three and a half years old. And my mom told me that I was um, kind of a crabby, sickly kid back then at that time because I had such terrible tonsils. And um, I was playing out in the backyard. She knew I had a fever. She was very worried. And all of a sudden, she saw me almost walking over on my ankle. Now, polio affected the central nervous system. And when it hit, it was very scary. And I was taken by ambulance to a hospital, and um, it affected my left leg and my left hip. And I was then sent to Springfield, Illinois, to with the hospital sisters' convent, where I was there for six months in rehabilitation. And they would put us; they would put us in these hot tubs and exercises. And it was very traumatic for a little girl my age because my parents didn't even have a car at that time, and they would take the train up there. Mm-hmm. And they could only look at us through a, a glass door. Oh, wow. Being so young. Oh, my. So young, so young. But I did manage to get in trouble there because in one of my boring days, I was standing in my crib turning the light switch on and off till I broke it, and the maintenance guy Millie Ray's came with me. <laughs> you said this was at a convent, all of this was going on. Where where we were sent for rehab up in Springfield, Illinois, the hospital sisters, which we yeah. used to call the white sisters because they dressed all in white. Yeah. I, I have to tell you, because I really want to give commendation, there was a doctor over here in Belleville by the name of Killian Fritch. He's deceased now. Ryan, he had polio himself and walked with two metal crutches. Mm. And I cannot tell you the amount of surgeries he did, and many for free. Because he wanted to 
help. Yes. And the fact that he had polio himself and had these two metal canes, and um, he wore braces because he did a surgery on me where he um, took the tendons from the inside of my ankle and tied them over to the outside of my ankle to try to make that ankle straighter. But so my muscle on my left leg became atrophied. And, um, but whenever I would go to visit him after that, till I was like 15, because he called me his miracle kid, Hmm. because I was one of the few kids that came out of that rehab center at five years, four and a half years old, I guess, Hmm. that was not in crutches or wheelchair or braces. And, um, I always had a shorter left leg. My muscle was atrophied, but in grade school, I'd be in the high jump contest. I mm. I played a little basketball. I've always been a lap swimmer, and mm. I'm still a super active person. Um, the one thing I remember about the vaccine, when it came out in like 1952, 1954, um, the, there was a, a batch of bad vaccines, supposedly, where about 100 children that were inoculated got polio. Mm. And what, that um, was a scary thing. No, no, I bet. Well, for parents and everything, the, it just sounds like this was just difficult all the way around, of course, when you have a kid that young separated from you and you're just watching them uh, fight at that young age. It's just heartbreaking. Well, for you today, do you have any problems getting around? Well, no, I never did till about three years ago. And there's a syndrome called post-polio syndrome. And what happens is um, the virus is still alive in you like as chicken pox is that turns into shingles. So that virus just lies dormant. But what happened was my right leg is my overused leg. And I always told my, the only other time I've ever been in the hospital in my life was to have two kids. I mean, mm-hmm. I'm a super healthy person from after mm-hmm. that. Um, and um, my right leg became overused in the last three years, and my left hip got weakened. And that's wow. part of post-polio syndrome. But I went to a lot of physical therapy. I know the exercises to do. I do walk with a cane part of the time. But I guess it's my farm girl roots in me. I'm quite a diehard, and I will try and do everything. <laughs> I will try and do everything. And um, I'm just, I guess, basically a very blessed person that there are some times when post-polio syndrome will affect people's organs or, you know, and at one point in time they were telling people, if you got post-polio syndrome, you really need to rest a lot. Well, I'm not a believer in that. I'm I'm on my Mm -hmm. feet all the time. And um, I stay healthy. I'm a good eater. I still swim. And so uh, I I consider myself to be just super blessed. And, you know, from that experience, I always learned to be very compassionate towards kids that had anything wrong with them. Yeah. And um, it was, it was the way it was, you know, I feel like you find a gift in every bad circumstance you have in your life. You just got to look for it. Really amazing, Marilyn. 
<laughs> it hey, really is all of this. Yeah, I I wanted to. I was so happy to hear you talk about that because I'm, you know, there's not a lot of us around anymore that probably had polio, and I'm lucky to be my age, and um, I feel very young-hearted and very blessed. And so um, the complications I have right now are kind of like no big deal. I'll just do all my exercises and do what I'm supposed to do, and and uh, just make make the best of all of it. Yeah, well, you need to find a convent somewhere that'll take you in for a little rehab, and it seemed to work well last time. Maybe it'll be a second time also worked as well. <laughs> and I want to say one more thing to you. I think you and Amy Mars course that's on CamWorks in the morning have probably the two best laughs of any humans I've ever listened to. Is that right? Yeah, your laugh is phenomenal, and so is hers. So okay. I think the two, I think the two of you should have a laugh off. How would that work? So how would you score a laugh off? How how would you win? Well, you would just have to have all the listeners vote, mm-hmm. and uh, see who has like by far the best laugh. <laughs> <laughs> all right, Marilyn, thank you for that. It's so good to okay. hear from you. Thank you for sharing your story. That means a lot. Thank you for doing okay. that. Okay, you bet. Bye bye. Bye-bye. So Marilyn, a polio survivor who heard us talking about polio and gave us her story about contracting and then treatment and then life after and then today still around. All because I mentioned I've never spoken to a polio survivor that I know of. Uh, The only one I really know by name is Mitch McConnell. Now I know Marilyn by name, too. Oh, that's wonderful. So cool. Uh, let's go to Elvis, who's holding on. Welcome to Overnight America. Good evening, Mr. Ryan. Good to hear from you. Okay, buddy. Uh, first of all, I wasn't originally calling about this, but I'll tell you another man that was in the 20th century that had polio, and you'll probably know him, President Roosevelt, President Franklin oh, Roosevelt. Is that right? Sure. Okay. That is- well, now I know. Well, yeah. Okay. Because he had uh, had braces on his legs to stand and was in a wheelchair. Right. So, and and in 1950, I believe 56 or 57, before Elvis went off to Germany, he was on national television getting his polio shot. Yeah, I remember that being such a big deal, and I even mm-hmm. remember what the photograph looks like. Sure. Yeah, yeah. And this is why I'm actually calling. I, I want to tell you real quick. I got my nephew listening to you, and he really likes you. Great. So, yeah. So anyway, uh, I, I I really like that Rich Fabino guy. And I try to get in there every Monday night to listen to him when he first comes on. But, you know, I can't find his book. Do you have any advice you could tell me? Yeah, so if you go to Amazon and you search his name, or Amazon. his book is called American Politics on the Rocks. He's got that one. I thought one that was the out. name of it. Yeah, and it's a book on the cover. It's kind of got a blue border, and it has a boat with a bunch of historical figures in the boat on the cover. Okay, give you an a idea. Boat. Oh, wait till you hear about what we talk about tomorrow. I don't know if you listened to the show on Thursday, but we had someone call in a wild political idea, and I've never heard of anything this wild before. Did you Uh listen on Thursday's show? Uh, I was in bed. I probably might have heard it, but I was in bed. Here's here here was the political idea that someone came up with, and we're going to talk to Rich about this tomorrow. The idea is uh, Donald Trump will resign before the inauguration. That would mean that Mike Pence would become president. Mike Pence would then, in return, 
give a pardon to Donald Trump. And then before there is a vice president successor named Mike Pence would resign, which would then propel Nancy Pelosi into the presidency for a day in order to kick her out of the House. So essentially her term would end as president and she would no longer be a representative in the House. That was the person's political play. I thought that's the craziest thing I ever heard. So Rich Rubino has some crazy thoughts on that. And we're going to talk about that tomorrow. My my friend, what time will he be on? I will make it a special trip to the bedroom to get to listen to this. I really want to hear what he has to say. 8.15 tomorrow. 8.15 tomorrow. 8.15 tomorrow. I'll yeah. clear my schedule. All right. Thanks, Elvis. We'll talk to you tomorrow. All right. Have a good night. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, I I threw that hypothetical to Richard Bino. Someone called into the show Thursday and said, what if this happened? I said, that's the wildest thing I've ever heard of. Is that even possible? I said, Rich, we have to talk about it on Monday. So if that sounds intriguing, Monday night, 8.15, you got to listen to the show. We'll take some more of your calls coming up after the break. And I see Marie's there, and I do want to take your call. We'll do it right after the weather. It's Overnight America, KMOX. News Radio 1120, KMOX, the voice of the Cardinals. And Overnight America is live until 2 o'clock, so we got a little bit of time together. It's always nice when, on a Sunday night, we get to talk. Like Marie, who's holding on. Welcome to Overnight America. How you doing? I was just calling to say when I was in grade school, there was a clinic about maybe eight blocks from the school. And the whole school, we would walk. We would walk to the school. We would walk mm-hmm. to the school. And that was fun, you know, walking to the, going to get a shot and then walking back. And then mm-hmm. also when I was in grade school, Okay, we had a nurse that was on duty, and the doctor would come in periodically for, you know, physicals. You know, I guess it was a different time then, but now I do work in the school district, and the only person that comes to the school now is the dentist. That's the only person that comes. So they don't do, like, an eye exam or anything today? No, you have. Wait a minute. They sure do. They do have somebody that comes in that does the hearing and then the vision. Yeah, they do have somebody that comes in. Mm -hmm. That's right. So distributing these uh, vaccines at a school, probably something that would never happen. But do you think it should? Well, you know, okay, when I was in high school, that was like in the mid-70s, the people would come, uh, they would give us shots, and we would have the little sugar cubes and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Well, if this was administered in sugar cube form, then I think the kids would be able to take it. But I just don't see a bunch of kids being able to take shots today. No, because it's it's like hard for kids to get into school. Now they have to have, you know, the original birth certificate because a lot of people would get forgers and put the kids' age up when they're, you know what I'm saying. Oh, yeah, to, to get, get them in them early. In. But yeah. now you have to have the original birth certificate to get in. And then, you know, they have to have their... Uh, the physical before they can come to school. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, you have to prove residency a lot of times. The, yes, uh, uh-huh. the schools, you have to. Depending like, on where you live. Uh, I played secretary before, and they have to have like a proof of res- residency, like a bill or something like that. You know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, all of that. It's so much has changed since then. 
Well, yeah, I, I don't ever remember when I was a kid getting anything from the school. In fact, even when I was in high school or anything else, they wouldn't even give you an aspirin if you had a headache. I mean, they would give you nothing. So I just no, can't imagine. It, it's a different thing, time, because like children will come to school and they want you to give the medicine. And no, we're not allowed to do that because if you do, something happens. You're looking at a lawsuit for your job. You know, times are changed. Yeah, yeah that, definitely. And they're very fast to make that happen. So now it's taking the kids somewhere else, even if they get it. And I don't really now, know. Because I if, feel if they're sick taking medicine, they should stay at home. I'm sorry. Yeah. I'm not trying right. to be funny or anything, but no, we, we don't administer medicine. Yeah. Yeah, no, you're right. I'm trying to think if I ever seen anyone take anything when I was a kid. Now, when I was younger, we did have one kid in our class that was taking Ritalin. Do they still give that to kids? Okay, it has to be prescribed. It's basically children that are who are in special education, you know, to calm to, to calm them down. Yeah. Yeah, we had one kid, and the teacher would would give that to him. If I remember correctly, this was like second grade or something or first grade. Now, what year really was young. that? What year was that? Ooh, late 80s, something like that. Well, that was a long time ago. nowadays, uh-uh, the teachers don't give out medicine. No, no they yeah, don't. Yeah, the times have changed. Now, keep in mind, I went to a Catholic school, and the so nuns were I. still there. <laughs> and uh, I've never seen a nun slap a kid with a ruler or anything like that, but the threat was always there to keep everyone in line. Oh, let me tell you, I I went to I okay, I went to Catholic grade school, high school, college, and graduate school. Those nuns didn't play. Yeah, they, I bet they didn't. They didn't have to. They they knew the reputation was there, and they didn't mess around. Well, let me tell you about okay when when prom time came. That the nuns would used to tell us we would be in the sewing room. Tell your mothers to get your prom dresses and make sure they keep the receipts because I know some of you all will probably have to get another dress because if the dress was too low cut, we would be in the sewing room. We would put our dresses on and they would look us up and down. If it was, it was too low cut, you had to go get you another one. <laughs> oh, wow. Isn't that something? Those what is uh... play, and then when we had dances, they would say, oh, you're dancing too close. The nuns and the priests would be there. <laughs> they would be keeping a close eye. Well, you know, it's all relative anymore. So based on what the dress would have looked like then versus now, mm-hmm. today, no one's modest. It's like you, you, you can turn around. It's sometimes it's like you, could, you go in public anymore, Marie, and I tell you, all you can do is look at the ground, because if you look around, you're like, I can't believe what I'm looking at. I know, because, like, the prom dresses look like nightclub dresses now. You know, mine was frilly and everything, so my mom made my dress, so I didn't have nothing to worry about. But let me tell you, when I was in college, I went to a Catholic college, and this was a Friday night. I had, like, a 4 o'clock class, and I had rollers in my head, and the nun said, where are you going? I'm coming to class. She said, don't you ever come to my class with rollers in your head. And guess what she did? They called my mother and told her about that. She got I got balled <laughs> out for that, too. <laughs> oh, yeah, those nuns didn't play. Mm-hmm. Man, the everything. they Today's there's no discipline anymore at all. Uh, the kids get away with anything. And I wouldn't say maybe anybody that's part of the problem. be a teacher now unless they really loved it because it's, it's a different time because the parents – 
they want to come up and um, jump on you. They'll bring the whole damn family up. You, you know, I'm being, I'm being honest. It's, it's, yeah. it's just a different day and time. Bring the whole time. family up. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they bring they the will. whole family yeah, up, really? I've seen many times when uh, the head teacher had to get in between a parent because the principal wasn't there, and then she would calm the person down. You know, it's just a different time and age. Mm-hmm. Wow. I, you know, it's a whole different world. I had such great experiences with teachers growing up. I, I feel like I had some great ones. And grade school, I had, I think, the best teacher in the world. And God love her. She just passed away a couple My of months ago. My great but, teacher, because yeah. I know one time I was acting up, and she said, Marie, do you want me to get on the phone and call your mother? I straightened up right then and there, because I knew when I got home, I would have had a spanking. You know what I'm saying back in the day. You know, parents, you know, mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, I know exactly. Uh, it's a whole different time, Marie. And, no, you know, now the, they'll say, the parents will come up there, well, who did this to my child? And, you know, it's just a different time. Mm-hmm. I feel lucky and fortunate. I grew up right on the tail end of that, so I was able to experience it, which was good because it set me up in the right way. It and, did, it did, because yeah. when they took the paddling out, that is just a big mess because they know now, the kids know, you can't do anything to them. Mm-hmm, yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, thanks, Marie. I appreciate it. I'm glad you called in tonight. Have a good okay, night. Okay, thank you. Good night. Ah, the school vaccines. Yeah, if we can find a way to make this a sugar cube, then that could change everything else. One more uh, segment coming up left. It's Overnight America KMOX. This is Overnight America, sponsored by Michael's Flooring, the flooring experts. Michaelsflooringoutlet.com on KMOX. Thanks again for spending the last couple of hours together. And I'll be back Monday night at 8 o'clock. It'll be another great opportunity for us to spend some time together. I didn't get to fully do this in the first segment, but I feel like this might be the right time to do it. Going back, and I, I watched this video over the weekend on YouTube. The YouTube channel is called Vsauce. Michael is the main guy, and I mean, millions of people watch his videos. He's very popular. And he did a video on the illusion of time. It's a very creative way of looking at it. He's, he's been doing these science type of videos, I guess, maybe for the past seven years or so. He's someone that has been around. And this illusion of time really got me thinking because they mentioned this idea of being static. So for the most part, people look at themselves as, you know, fixed in a certain point of time. So you can say something like the movie The Lion King and look at The Lion King and say, wow, I remember when that came out. That didn't come out that long ago. But in reality, it came out, you know, almost 30 years ago. And the strange thing is the amount of time that's passed between the movie, the cartoon, the original Lion King coming out versus where we are today is actually further apart than the distance between the Lion King and the moon landing. Believe it or not, the distance in time between, you know, the moon landing and the Disney cartoon, the Lion King is actually shorter than the distance we are between it and the Lion King. Isn't that something? And it doesn't seem right. For some reason we think, wow, the Lion King's not that old. And why would it be that far removed from it and still not feel that old? Music is like that, too, in some ways. I was looking at some of the songs that are having a 25th anniversary this year. That's songs that were released in 1996. And there's so many songs released in 1996. 
and you look at them and you say, wow, it feels like this song just came out not that long ago. Doesn't feel like 25 years ago. There are many things that I would like to say to you, but I don't know how. And I was never really an Oasis fan. That's Oasis Wonderwall. But these guys were super huge. And this was released in 1996, or at least it was charting, I should say, top 100 in 1996. This is when it would have been on the radio. That's amazing to me. Um, How about this one? Here's another song that's going to be spending a 25th anniversary this year. They played that on movies, commercials. They played that uh, on the radio like crazy. And that's 25 years old. If you were to go back another 25 years to kind of get an idea of the gap between the two. So between us and that song, if you were sitting there, it's 1996. You're hanging out. You're going to a Taco Bell where all of the different coloring on the wall was like neon and flashy lights and things. And you're thinking about the the upcoming Seinfeld episode. I don't know. Maybe watching Larry King that night. But if you were to go back 25 years in the past from there, I mean, here's the type of song that you would have experienced 25 years before you. Life is older, older than the trees, younger than the mountains, growing like a breeze, country roads, take me home to the place I belong, West Virginia. Isn't that something? It doesn't feel right. It feels like that song came out forever ago. But the real thing is that it is just as removed from John Denver, Take Me Home Country Road, as the song is from us. It's just as removed. It's right in the middle. That doesn't make sense. It's such a weird illusion, isn't it? Kevin Kleen did a whole other story on this week, looking forward to some of the events that are coming up. As I was getting ready to leave the office on Friday afternoon, there was a, there was a report that the My Pillow Man was at the White House. A Washington Post photographer with a long lens snapped a picture of a document he was holding that it was curled over. You could only see half of it, but it seemed to say something about how President Trump should take drastic measures to save the Constitution. Earlier in the day, Friday, I saw President-elect Joe Biden on the news talking about vaccines, and his demeanor was confident. He seems ready to go. He seems a lot sharper mentally than he did earlier in the campaign, and I had to wonder if they've given him something to shoo away the cobwebs. Well, many people have the feeling that something big is looming. Something is about to happen. I read the comments on Secretary of State Mike Pompeo's Twitter page, and one woman said she feels like his Twitter page is the last haven for stragglers who used to go to all the other accounts that have been banned. Half the country feels like their team has lost the World Series and the other team cheated. The other half feels that Trump supporters are nuts and they can't wait for the president to leave office. Not knowing what to think, I bought a few gallons of bottled water and put them in the basement on the floor where the basement crickets hop at night. 
a few weeks ago, I bought some firewood just in case something happens and our only heat source is the fireplace. But who knows? I mean, usually in situations like this, nothing. Remember Y2K? Remember the Ivan Browning New Madrid earthquake prediction? Remember the Geraldo Rivero special on Al Capone's vault? I remember four years ago when people were sobbing and taking time off work and college classes were canceled because Hillary Clinton had lost, but life went on, and hopefully life will go on again. Can a living person ever really know what's going on in their own lifetime, or is it up to their children to find out 30 years later when the book comes out? With a whole other story, I'm Kevin Colleen. Such a great way to look at it. Kevin's so good with those whole nother stories. Well, that does it for me. I'm on Facebook, Ryan Recker Radio. If you're on Facebook and hate it, go like me. We can hate it together on Twitter, too, at Ryan Recker. I'll be back again Monday night at 8 o'clock. That's when we start the show on weekdays. And you're not going to want to miss Richard Bino this week. It's going to be a big one. Enjoy the rest of your night. We'll see you later. Bye. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast. You'll be glad you did.